Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything doers. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of, cur- of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. And with me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleschik. Andy, how you doing today? Pretty good. Hell yeah. Did you have a good turkey day? Uh, of course, yeah. It's responsible for sitting there and having to make it, so. Oh, Did really? good with it all, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I had no clue that you were making one. That's a, that's all, that's a yeah. big responsibility. Yeah, responsible for the whole smoking of it and everything. So there you go. Fine. Oh, so you guys smoked it? Yep. Uh, do you, like, you have like a smoker, or, like a Traeger or something? Just a grill. Oh, okay. Do cool. it on there, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, Sarah like did a whole Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, it was actually a lunch uh, for me and my my parents, and uh, she was up at like six thirty on Thanksgiving, like getting <laughs> getting everything prepared. She had the bird pop in the oven by like seven thirty. It was it, it's a big uh, it's a big thing, but uh, obviously lots of food and drinks. So hopefully you guys and your family had a good time. Yeah. All right, and hopefully everyone out there had a good Thanksgiving as well. Uh, without further ado, we're going to jump into this uh, podcast because we're very excited about this one. Uh, so, Andy, tell the folks out there everything they need to know about Doors. Of course. So this is a brand, uh, I'm sure anybody that knows whiskey at large, especially scotch, has probably heard of. Um, especially if you're into blended scotches, you know, they're very well known in that space. They've won several awards for a lot of their different products. Um, but it was founded in 1846 by John Dewar Sr. Uh, over in Perth, Scotland. And from the get-go, um, it's always been a blended scotch. Originally, he was more of like a merchant. Like, he had his own shop that um, I think dabbled a little bit in scotch and whiskey as a whole, but then also focused on other things um, in the shop. But he was pretty much from the get-go um, aided by his two sons, um, John Alexander and then um, Tommy, uh, who he ended up passing the brand along to in 1880. Um, but it's something that he was originally actually a whiskey merchant selling stuff out of his shop that none of it was his own, like under his own label. It was like all other brands that he was selling initially. There in Perth, but then after the Spirit Act passed in Scotland, uh, that's when he began blending um, scotches under his own uh, label to make his own whiskey. Hmm. Um, and like I said, you know, he eventually passed the um, passed at least a shop along and the brand along to his two sons, um, John and Tommy, uh, in 1880. Um, and John, I'm just going to call him John Junior. <laughs> for the sake of it. Um, hmm. Focused on, once it was passed along, um, on perfecting the production and the whiskey side of everything, whereas um, Tommy focused on like the marketing and sales side of the business. Um, and eventually, 10 years later, they actually brought along their own uh, master blender, who was, I think, he pioneered this during his time at Dewar's. Um, like the at least for scotch the double aging process where you're kind of aging it in two different barrels um if i have that right for that process um and they also like two years after that um tommy actually managed to pioneer the original uh highball cocktail Hmm. which is basically just like a whiskey and ginger 
I think it's whiskey and ginger ale or ginger soda in like a tall, thin glass. Um, is traditionally what it's supposed to be in New York. Um, and this he actually perfected that on his ramble around the globe, where he um, like a tour for the brand where he's introducing it to a whole bunch of different countries and everything. Um, to 26 different countries. And then it also during that process, you know, focusing on trying to hire international uh, salesmen of what she hired 30 hmm. um, to try and help grow the brand. Uh, of course they had their hiccups. Um, every brand has their hiccups, at least if they're selling in America because of prohibition hmm. during that time. Sure. Um, so that was a little bit from the sales side tough for them. But, um, while Tommy was doing that whole traveling and hiring and all that, introducing it to the rest of the world, the brand to the rest of the world, um, John actually secured a royal warrant from uh, Queen Victoria for the brand, um, which, if I remember correctly, royal warrants are something that basically it, you're, as a brand, something... Like, that's a brand that the royal, the British royals, are carefully selecting to sell in the or serve in their courts. Gotcha. Um, and it's something that, you know, they were the first blended scotch to do so. Um, and I don't know if they're the only blended scotch to still have that honor um, or not, but they were the first one to earn it. And then they've held it ever since um, the 1890s. I forget exactly which year they earned it in. Um, but then... For most people, you know, their first, um, at the end of the 1800s, right before 1900, they uh, ended up creating their, uh, their uh, probably their most iconic for most folks, or most recognizable label, uh, the Dewar's white label that they have. Uh, that's one of the t- two we'll be trying today yeah. from them. Uh, and that was, I think that was the same year that they had bought... Um, the Aberfeldy Distillery, which at least at the time they were making all of their, or at least blending like all of their um, distillate out of. And then uh, about a century later, um, their current master blender um, and the first female master blender that Dewar's has had, uh, Stephanie McLeod, who's well recognized in at least the scotch industry and the whiskey industry kind of as a whole, um, joined the company in 98 um and then like eight years later ended up taking over that master blender role Hmm. for them uh, and as the seventh master blender for them and then they really have not had a lot of other news um since then but the big one for them back three years ago in 2019 um was like the most recent that was when they released their most recent um Expression, their four staged double double series um, of blended scotches, where they, um, you know, their intent of it was to sit there and push the boundaries, as they say on their website at least, was to push the boundaries of what ultimate smoothness within at least a blended scotch can be. Um, and basically, like they age single grain and single malt um, scotch whiskey separately, then blend them separately, um, and then end up blending them both together. Um, so they blend all the single grains, then blend all the single malts. Then they blend the single grains and single malts together 
I didn't finish them in sherry casks. Hmm. Um, which, as far as I know, that's, at least in Scotch, pioneering to do. And I think they're the only one to do that, as far as I know. Um, and that's their only series that they do it for. Uh, of course, they have a few different labels that they have that are all blended. Um, like, they have the white label, which is one of the two we're trying today, alongside the 12-year. Uh, that's the other one we're trying today. And they also have a 15-year, 18-year, and 25-year. Um, those are pretty much, the, I think, the core series that most, or core expressions that most people should be able to find, especially the 12-year and the white label. Um, then, of course, they have the double-double series, which that's a little bit higher age stated for them, like 21, 27, and 32 years there. Um, and then they have a cask series where they do, like, finishing in different types of um Barrels, like rum casks, port casks, um, Japanese oak casks, and a Calvados casks. Um, but that's all the products that they have. Most of them, at least as far as I've found here in the Cincinnati area, are usually pretty affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the white label, I think for a 750 milliliter retails for like maybe 30 or 40 bucks, I think, in that range. Um the 12-year is the other big one that I can find here in the Cincinnati region, and that sells for probably 5 maybe 10 bucks more, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, and those are going to be the two biggest ones that they're going to offer that most people should be able to find if you're willing to search for them. For sure. All right, you ready to do the tasting? Yeah. Cool, let's do it. Uh, as Andy kind of alluded to earlier, we're doing two exp- tasting two expressions today, and uh, the first one of which is the Doer's White Label. It's kind of like their um, their baseline. It's kind of like their starter whiskey, if you will. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and give you know do the tasting. As always, we're gonna start with the nose. Hmm. Kind of very staple Scotch. Yeah. Like not. Not much to it. Mm. Like, it's got some depth there, but for a scotch, it's not got as much depth as, like, some other ones that I'm used to tasting or smelling. Yeah, I don't really think it's very complex at all. Yeah, it's not the most complex thing you're ever going to get, but it's not, from the nose, not too bad. You're getting, but you're, like you said, you're getting some of those stereotypical scotch scotch notes, yeah. even though it is not all that complex, really. Yeah. All right, let's uh, give it a taste. Cheers, sir. Cheers. Again, not the most complex drink you're ever going to get. No. It's not bad. It's just going knowing like being their introductory one. Just not that complex. A lot of peaty, a lot of smokiness. Yeah, I get something. That's, not, that's really all I'm kind of getting. Yeah. It's like, kinda, kinda any, like, some of that smokiness in there for me. I get like some like cereal or like bready notes in there for me. Uh, with like some raisiny or plum notes, but other than that, it, it's kind of those stereotypical notes. Like, again, for the price, it's not bad. It's just kind of it's their introductory product. Go in knowing that for for sure, and it it is very affordable. Um, the like you already laid out the prices. It's really not bad for for the for the price point. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> All right, folks, we are going to finish off our white label, and then we'll be back to do the to taste the twelve year. All right, folks, now that we finished up our glasses of the White Label, uh, we are going to do the Doer's Blended Scotch Whiskey, aged 12 years. 
Uh, double H for extra smoothness, <laughs> apparently. Uh, as always with our tastings, we're going to start with the nose. A little bit richer nose there, for mm-hmm. me at least. I agree. A little bit more dark fruit in it. Um, yep. I forget how long the, like, if they, like, what age of the whiskeys they're putting in the white label, I forget it. But this one definitely, the 12-year is a lot darker, smells a lot richer. Yeah, you're even kind of yeah. looking at the at the actual whiskey, and even, yeah. even the color looks looks richer and, yeah. and darker. Um, yeah, I agree with you, dark fruits. A little caramel, a little smokiness, as you would expect in kind of a scotch. But a lot of those dark fruits, I'm getting that. Yeah. All right, let's let's give it a taste. Cheers, Cheers. sir. Oh yeah, definitely more pleasant than the white label. Oh yeah, a lot better. It's it like it's still smoother, but more complex. Yeah, it's smoother. But it's got, like, the notes, those notes, especially, like, those dark fruit notes that you might have gotten on a white labor are definitely turned up. Like, I get a lot of those, like, I get a little bit more caramel or vanilla on it. Oh, yeah. Definitely um, the more sweetness in the, the, the caramel. Yeah. Um, but it still is, like... Still it's a, a touch of smoke. I mean, the, I think the balance is actually really nice. Yeah, it's really nice, the balance is. Yeah. Exactly. Like, they did a good job of amping up those certain flavors, but still, like, not making it, like spiky with them they made it very smooth for sure i i really kind of almost felt like i i could literally have the one flavor and then it just almost like flipped over like i was halfway through the the palette and like flipped it was really really cool um and smoky multi finish i would say medium length probably yeah medium length finish like yeah again i don't know what this one costs you um here in cincinnati but you know it's like it's it's it wasn't bad i want to say it was like 40 bucks yeah so like for the price it's kind of a it, again, another one. If you want to introduce somebody to whiskey at forty bucks, or at least Scotch whiskey, like at forty bucks, kind of a hitter for me. Yeah, no, I completely agree for the price for kind of an entry level, and because I mean, good luck finding a Scotch that is this good. That's, that's forty all, bucks. Like most that's of them, also age twelve years. Exactly. <laughs> most of them are like fifty. I mean, Scotches are exp- expensive. 50, 60, 70, 80 bucks. Yeah, no problem. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely much more impressed with the 12 year, and, and honestly, like you said, I I think it's a hitter. Yeah. All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, really wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all the platforms. Please subscribe, leave a review, share, and listen to every episode of Distilled Discussions. Tell your friends about us. Follow us on Instagram. We really do appreciate your guys' support. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week. <laughs>